Dr. Fonche Ryan, you're director of the Loyola Institute and TCD in Dublin, and uh, you are organising a conference. The Institute did have a very successful one a number of years ago on the role of the church in a pluralist society. And now you have another conference coming up in January on the religious literacy challenges for today. So tell me, first of all, about the background of the conference and who's coming. I suppose the background to the conference is really the idea that in the Europe we live in today and in the Ireland that we live in today, it's becoming an increasing problem is the, if you like, the lack of religious literacy or illiteracy amongst people. One of the first times I would have encountered or become aware of this was when I was working in Cambridge and you would have lecturers from history of art or lecturers from English who would say that the students no longer understand the stories underpinning the literature or the artwork. So from then I was thinking about it a little bit and then a couple of years ago we went to Bologna for a conference and there we heard a wonderful speaker who will be coming to us, uh, Professor Alberto Maloney. And Professor Maloney has the um, UNESCO chair in this whole area of religious literacy, religious pluralism. And a phrase that he has, which is a wonderful phrase, is he speaks of, we are undergoing a religious climate change in Europe at the moment. And the other phrase he has is he says that knowledge creates understanding. So he is going to come to us and speak to us about this very burning question regarding religion, the plurality of religions in Europe, and the social cohesion of people on this continent. And his whole vision is that scholars need to be involved in this debate because knowledge creates understanding. He says knowledge can serve as a cure and an antidote to many of the problems we have of violence and of populism in the Europe of today. That's a big call and an interesting one, isn't it, that he believes that. Interesting also that I remember when I was studying English in UCD and Dr. Jerusha McCormick told us that we would all need to have read the Bible from beginning to end, otherwise we would not fully understand the English literature we were about to study. Is it that kind of principle that we're talking about now because all of Christian Europe is populated by Christian art? Indeed, it's all populated by Christian art. And another good story which relates to what you said is that last year on our MPhil here, we had a Chinese student who was advised to come here to study theology, Christian theology, to enable her to better understand European culture. So it's that type of notion. And it's also, I suppose, relates to the fact, for example, in Ireland of today, perhaps there is a severe lack of religious literacy. We're going to shortly celebrate Christmas and we see many Christmas trees and many presents, but we don't see so many cribs anymore. And even if you do see a crib, do people actually know what it is? And it's the idea that it should be okay to have a crib out, just as it should be okay for people to celebrate Ramadan. And how do we mutually respect one another? And if we don't understand the why of the story, we will easily fall into argument and argument can sometimes turn to violence. And that brings me to another set of speakers we have coming, which are two very interesting people coming from Sweden, from the University of Lund, uh, Joanna Lundberg and Richard Bobrowicz, if I've pronounced that correctly. Richard is actually originally from Poland, but working in Sweden now. And they're going to present a paper which will look at what they call the Sweden handshake debate, which was a political issue which arose a number of years in Sweden due to the refusal of one person to shake hands with another person. One was a politician, one was a member of a religious group. And this came about because the politician did not understand the etiquette 
of the religion they would wish to engage in. So we can see how, again, Maloney's thing, that if you don't understand, if you don't have a knowledge of religion, if you don't have religious literacy, we can easily fall into violence. It, it, would that apply to all religions, not just Christian? Are we talking about the three great monotheistic religions? Or are we talking about Judaism, Christianity and Islam? And are we also talking about Buddhism and other? The main religions we'll be talking about in this conference will be the um, three great religions. In fact, the focus will be on Christianity and then Islam also. But it's the three great monotheistic religions because they're the most influential in Europe. The slant is more on Christianity because Christianity is the big religion. And we have Christians who call themselves Christians who don't know what it is to be Christian. And I suppose also related to our whole mission at the Loyola Institute, which is to contribute to religious literacy in Ireland and we hope also globally. We are also very much aware, and I think we've seen it a lot in Ireland recently, the religious illiteracy of many people, including many people who should be religiously literate, perhaps representatives of our church. And we've had great debates, we've had political questions, and we've heard a lot of very poor theology. So I think that's another area that we want to contribute to. And with that aim in mind, in the afternoon session, we're going to have what we're going to call the Irish perspective on all these questions, in which we're going to have practitioners engaging and talking about the various issues they involve. We're going to have someone who's a teacher, a secondary school teacher, someone working in a parish, that'll be Francis Rowland, um, Emma Rothwell is the secondary school teacher, and then we'll have Father Gerard Condon, who is the religious education advisor in his diocese, and Gerard Tannum, who's working in a parish priest here in Dublin. So all of those to say, how do they experience the religious literacy of the people they're working with, and how do they facilitate people to grow in religious literacy? Um, I think the more literate I am in my own Christian faith, the better I can engage with my Muslim or Jewish or Hindu or whatever, or atheistic friend, actually. And myself, that's what I would have experienced when I was working in China. My friends were Islam, Muslims, and they asked me many questions about my Christian faith. And I found I couldn't engage at a deep enough level because I only had a peripheral knowledge of it. So I think we're trying to, A, highlight the need for it, and B, then try and point towards ways that we can increase the religious literacy of all of us, whether we be Christian or Muslim or Jew or whatever. And that would involve, say, our schools, but there's a movement, a quite strong movement now because of the rise of secularism and the separation of church and state to take religion even out of the classes and out of the curriculum. I think there is somewhat confusion. It's a very complex question. They now do religious, I don't know what they call this, religious studies. They have a course... Um, that's an exam course in secondary school, which is the study of religions. And although I know a lot of work has been put into developing it, I'm not sure it addresses the question, the serious question sufficiently. I think perhaps it's an overview of religions, but I suggest, although others would dispute this, that it doesn't go deep enough. I think they should be studying actually philosophy and theology, which would enable them engage deeply with these questions. And that could be Islamic philosophy as well as Christian theology and Christian philosophy. You're not talking about catechism. You're talking about the knowledge of the religions, how they were formed, what their basic principles are. Am I right? I would suggest that we'll be talking about that, but also about theology. I don't, not catechism. I think recently we've heard it been announced that in the Dublin schools, they will be slowly moving uh, sacramental formation out of the schools into the parishes. That's another question. The question of how the people are formed, whether they're formed for the sacraments within the school or in the parishes, 
the content they're given. Um, I've had a student this year from another country who said to me that she was doing the Eucharistic theology course and said, well, I thought that um, I knew something, even though because I went to Catholic schools at home, but I actually found out that I know nothing. And I think that's an indictment of our system. I would suggest you'd, we'd find the same here amongst Irish people as well who have grown up and gone to what we're calling our Catholic schools. I think we in our Catholic schools, because for so long our culture was Catholic, we didn't engage deeply enough with the questions. And I think we've many people leaving our church because we don't actually know on an intellectual level, and that brings us back again to Maloney, at an intellectual level, what is it that the Christian faith teaches? What is it that we should be doing? Not just we go to Mass, but the whys of us. You mentioned Professor Maloney and you said at the beginning that he has this belief that an understanding and true religious literacy can help one to combat populism, violence. Like we see populism in England, we see it in in America with President Trump and there there is very much a religious base that supports him. And there are many people who would say that a lot of the wars never would have happened if we had had no religion. We had 30 years war between two Christian factions in Europe, which was horrendous. So what do you say to people who say that you can be religiously literate and, and you're waging a war over your interpretation of one part of that Christian doctrine? And that has happened with the Muslims as well. I, I go back to Maloney and I would say that I think I agree with him. I think he's right. The Thirty Years' War, we leave. That was a very uh, complex question. It wasn't just a religious question. A little bit like Northern Ireland wasn't just the Catholics and Protestants. But to go to your example of the states, I think there we're meeting fundamentalism. And my suggestion would be that there isn't an awful lot of religious literacy. Again, there might be catechetical literacy, but it's fundamentalism. And it's similar to the Islamic fundamentalism or Christian fundamentalism. Neither are acceptable. And I think what Maloney is speaking about is the fact that we need to have a knowledge that can question these fundamentalists. And I think we need to do that. We know that they're within our own church, within Ireland as well. And again, the whole idea is that is one of the challenges for today is to actually have people who can question these. If we look towards the media... We often get on the media things which fuel this fundamentalism and we have particular branches of media which are fundamentalist, especially if you go on the social media. So we're going to also have a representative to speak on the media who is Nick Spencer, who comes from what they call the Theus think tank in Great Britain. And Theus are a very interesting group. They actually will clearly say positively that they think that Christian faith can be a force for the good and that we need to be out there engaged in society to help create a better society. But again, for that, you have to have a religiously literate media. We hear people all the time in our media commenting on religious questions and religious matters. Very often, the comments are more at a catechetical level or at an administrative level rather than the theological level. The seeking, as we might say, to the truth of the matter calls for a much deeper engagement. I suppose, ideally, people who are going to work in the media whose special role is to do with church matters, whether that be Islamic or Christian, should have a degree in theology, if it's Christian, Christian theology, or a degree in Islamic studies, if they're doing Islam, or to study the philosophy of Islam from the medieval period, which is a very rich philosophy. So you know where these things come from, and you're actually able to address questions and say, well, maybe this is not what the Koran says, and maybe actually we need to look at Christians differently because Christians are not people of the book. They are people of the living Jesus Christ. Who or what was this Jesus Christ? And what did this Jesus say? How do you read the scripture? 
scriptures if you're a Christian? How do Muslims read scriptures? What's the difference? No more than just the simple practices mm. that Christians go to mass and are they celebrate this thing and they go they have Christmas and they have Easter and Muslims have their own feasts. Mm-hmm. There's something more going on. Religion is about more than simple cultural practices. And in Ireland, I think our simple cultural practices carried us a long way. But now we're in a world which we call a secular world, which is not necessarily a negative world at all. And I think the role is to try and find a way in which, uh, we'll say in Ireland, the Christian church can be a voice among other voices, an articulate voice engaged in debate, not expecting necessarily to win the debate, but to have a voice in the debate. Do you think you're hampered nonetheless? I mean, the Thirty Years' War, there was a religious element to it. I accept it was complex, but nonetheless, there was a religious element that, that, that sparked it. But also, like with the Crusades, we talk about Muslims and Christians, but in those times, we had... Jerusalem falling, being taken back by the Christians, being taken back by the Muslims. And those crusades on behalf of Christianity were a a shame and an indictment, but they were religious wars. I think, again, that just points to the need for theological religious literacy. We need to study these things and know why they happened. And as theologians, we would say they are accounted for, and I put this in inverted commas, or scare quotes, this concept of original sin and to know this because there's a myth around today that we can all be happy and we can all get on well and there will be no more war. Wherever you have humanity since the beginning of time, and we have those stories told in the Bible, the fallout between Cain and Abel, that um, you've had violence. But theological literacy, which we're calling religious literacy for the sake of a greater interpretation and application, enables you to see these issues. It's not to say... Uh, we are not claiming, and anyone who does claim this, like these churches who say you'll be happy or you'll be wealthy, that's a false claim. What we are looking for is to enable people to think and to know what they're engaged in. And to know then that obviously the Crusades were not doing what the Christian tradition thought. Just as Islamic um, dreadful events, murders, are not doing what the best of Islam at its deep level teaches. And I think that has to do with the religious literacy, so that people know that this is not what the faith teaches. Um, I think there's an, there's a lot of work to be done, which is fantastic. I think the event, I mean, we, we've raised it challenges for today. It is a challenge, but it's an ongoing dialogue. And who would you like to come to this? Who would, do you think would benefit from this? Obviously, teachers and people in the area of education. Anybody else? Well, the, as you said, teachers, people in the areas of education academics, people working in parishes, people working in faith formation, priests, bishops, all the bishops will be have been told about it, and we would hope that there will be some of them there. The various people working like Francis Rowland, who works as a diocesan advisor, other diocesan advisors. Politicians? Po- politicians, absolutely. It would be wonderful if politicians were there. Ordinary people working in parishes, the, the people who are afraid of these emigrants coming in because they're different. Because this religious literacy, once you learn another language, you learn French or you learn Spanish or you learn Chinese, you better understand the people and the culture. In a similar way, if you learn the literacy of your own faith, you better understand your own faith and you, in turn you better understand other people of faith and you know the questions to engage with on them and you know where to find the sources for the answers rather than sadly believing what the popular media might be telling you about these people. And therefore it would perhaps help people who are welcoming the emigrants 
whatever their religious practices, to welcome them as people and to engage with them in a creative way. So it's on the Thursday, the 16th of January. It begins at 9am, registration from 8.30, and it's in the Sing Theatre in the Arts Block. There's more information on our website, and in fact, people, if people want, wish to uh, book in in advance, which we would encourage because it helps us with the tea and coffee and the lunch, you can do so via Eventbrite or contact the Loyola office here and they'll help you to book in. The Loyola Institute, give the number. The number is 8964790. There is a cost for this event because we're um, providing tea, coffee, lunch and also getting flying speakers in. The cost at the moment is €35 and near the date that will go up to 45 So the early bird offer is €35. Which is very reasonable for a full day and for the quality of speakers that you have coming over. And we also have Alberto's Maloney, Professor Alberto Maloney's colleague, uh, Dr. Francesca Cadadou. And Francesca is working with Alberto on this wonderful project of religious literacy, which is a European-wide project that they have other universities involved in. And Francesca is going to be speaking about religious literacy in Europe and the schools in particular. Excellent. Well, we wish you all the best with that conference and um, we look forward to hearing more about it from the speakers.